Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Bladed Apples, a horror podcast dropping your trick-or-treat bag every week, and hosted by two guys that put the thick in Southern Gothic. I'm Rocky. I was drinking. You Blaze. were drinking. Yeah, I, I was like, oh no, he's not gonna, he's not gonna swallow this Blaze. beer fast enough. <laughs> and this week. <laughs> <laughs> this week, we're taking a trip to Louisiana as we talk about Italian directors, Italian directors, very Italian movie that just happened to be shot in Louisiana, Lucio Fulci's The Beyond. And then after that, we're going to have a twofer? Yeah. Uh, entry into the cabinet, Blaze's cabinet of video game curiosities. You can't remember the fuck one I even of these named days, the thing. We'll add one of the new segments, but right now. Uh, we, well, we, we actually. Um, oh, we have a new segment? Uh, well, I have a letter. Oh. Yeah, we got we got an email, so we'll have that also. Hell yeah, send us emails and we'll answer <laughs> yeah, questions. We'll, we'll answer it. <laughs> Please. <laughs> we're desperate. <laughs> Please help us. We were just joking last week when we, <laughs> we told you we'd send you our videos of us masturbating if that's what you we're wanted. We're not going to do it. Yeah. We're not going to do it. We're not, we're not going to. We will send you the spam that we got asking for it, though. Okay. <laughs> but anyways, uh, yes, that'll be the episode. We're talking about Lucio Fulci's The Beyond. We're going to get in some genre cinema. But first, how are you today, Blaze? What's going on? Oh, you know, same mm-hmm. old, same old. Um, just uh, been really ripping through some of those uh, games for uh, the segments. So. Yeah. Uh, new creep show dropped. New season dropped. Oh yeah, I haven't watched it yet. It's only Lit. one, one, one episode. <laughs> <laughs> only one episode out right now. Yes. Yeah. Uh, either segments worth talking about in the uh, new. I episode? didn't watch it. <laughs> oh <laughs> no, I'm just saying it came out. Oh okay. Well, that's great. <laughs> I mean, last night I, I, I marathoned all four Scream movies. I fell in a deep. A deep hole. There's worse marathons I can think of. Oh, I can think of a lot. Just off the top of my head. <laughs> but yeah. I'm sure I can think of a few. Um, anything else? Oh, Elvira's. Elvira's uh, 40th anniversary special tonight. is uh, tonight's Shudder. Um, you guys will probably listen to this after that's already over. But if you watch it, I mean, you can email us and tell us what you thought. Tell us your favorite, and we'll reply with why it's wrong. Was <laughs> <laughs> oh, that what you like? Yeah. Incorrect. Wrong movie, buddy. Um, Yes, uh, but I did watch this week, earlier in the week, I finally watched Malignant, so we can talk about Malignant! Malignant, and which kind of uh, fits since, well, I mean... That's why I chose this movie to go with it, no, because is I... Is the have... Beyond really a giallo, though? <laughs> no, it's not about being giallo. I'll explain what why I chose in a little bit. Okay. But, yes, yeah, so I finally watched Malignant, I know, for a couple weeks, saying, oh... I'm going to watch it, or how we're excited to watch it. Well, I finally watched it, and let me tell you this. I think that movie's amazing. Really? Okay. It's bad. Oh, okay. <laughs> but, 
Okay, so I'm going to talk. We're going to talk about this movie without talking about the plot at all. Okay. <laughs> okay. Because yeah, that, I went I mean, in completely the plot blind. Is the twist, I guess. For like, I don't want to spoil it at all. But I will say this: for I think the movie's two hours long. For the first hour and twenty minutes, I was like, "Meh." Then the last thirty minutes happen, and I'm like, "This is crazy. Yeah, this is amazing." And then afterwards, I'm like, "Well, I still don't know how I feel about this movie." And then I thought about it, and I said, "Oh, everything was done on purpose." Okay, so let's rewind a little bit. Okay, okay? let's talk about James Wan. All right. James Wan isn't some new director, some new hot shot that only released one good film and this is his follow-up. James Wan is a director that's been around now for 20 years. Uh. And, no, you, said, you said you already used up all your burps, you lying fuck! <laughs> <laughs> um, during, uh, uh, he, he's, he's 20 years into his career now. Yeah. Not only that, he is the goose that lays golden eggs, okay? What do mm. I mean by that? I wrote down some information, right? Yeah, go for it. Okay. First of all, Saw. Okay? Him and Lee Winnell released Saw 2003. That was a major hit. Yeah. And movie. it completely changed the face of horror for a decade. Like It got pretty annoying. <laughs> 2000s was all about torture porn. And, Hostile. And remake. Two years, two years after Hostile came out from Eli Roth. Yeah. Body, everything human centipede all that shit yeah. everything was body horror or those platinum dune re- remakes of slasher films yeah i was really upset those years <laughs> 2000s were and i mean like saw was it, the whole franchise was massive i mean every october oh, yeah. a movie they were releasing one every year they always killed at the box office what about spiral uh i mean that came out now <laughs> yeah it came out this year i, I, still seen I don't it. think it killed <laughs> No, 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 but I'm talking about just in the 2000s. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. But still, I mean, that is the biggest, it may be not only the biggest horror franchise, it could quite possibly be the biggest franchise of the 2000s. Because Iron Man uh, hit at the tail, Iron Man yeah. hit, didn't hit till 2008, so that Marvel movies weren't coming out mm-hmm. like they are now. That could be the biggest, yeah, I mean, that could be the biggest franchise of that decade. I think that's that the decade. thing I missed most about those years is the not having a Marvel movie every yes, other month. Absolutely. I agree. Um, then 2010, I think, 2010, him and Lee Winnell put out Insidious. And then a couple years later, he does Conjuring, which both those movies, not only along paranormal activity, uh, completely changed the face of what horror was doing. It's all becoming very para- paranormal becoming very supernatural. Yeah. But Insidious and Conjuring, those ones in particular, uh, change how everything looked. All, every movie of the last 10 years, every mainstream horror movie, supernatural movie, all try to look like Insidious and The Conjuring. You change the face of horror for another decade, right? And also, The Conjuring universe, other than Marvel, is the second most successful movie universe and they weren't even trying like there's 11 movies deep that are all they interconnected sure <laughs> <laughs> i know <laughs> um i uh, a little cliff note here i am not a fan of most of these movies I, I, minus I, insidious I, I love insidious i i think the first conjuring is really good uh and i love the first saw actually i like quite a few of the saw films but um i like saw one and is it three? I think. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, three's okay. I, I, I like the first and second one a lot. Three's alright. I really like the fourth one for some reason. And that's when they start getting dumb. But um, I like the fourth and fifth one. I don't know. There's something about that series that, that I, I, I kind of like. But um, then uh, he took a break from horror. He made Fast 7, which made $1.5 billion. Man, <laughs> that was a knows how to make expensive trash. <laughs> no, that was, it made $1.5 billion. No, he didn't I make it for saying. that. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, it's. Uh, I mean, I, I haven't watched any of those Fast movies since the third one. Uh, but from what I understand, Fast Seven, everybody liked that one. Like fans liked that one a lot. Uh, I'll take the word for it. I know that's when they use a cartoon Paul Walker. Whatever the fuck. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Um, uh, and then, oh, oh, hey, yeah. it's me, Paul Walker. It's me, Polly Walker. <laughs> why, why don't we all go to Universal Studios and take a take a ride? If you never. I mean, he's not in that ride for reasons. <laughs> but if you if you never went to Universal and been on that Fast and Furious ride, it is hilarious. Uh, do yourself a favor and get on it, and um, it's it's terrible. It is awful. But um, uh, and then uh, in 2018, he directed Aquaman. Um, Aquaman though, uh, grossed in 1.1 billion dollars. Okay. It is the highest-grossing DC movie since 2013. I mean, it made more than Man of Steel, but since like DC started putting out movies like after the Nolan Batman films, so Man of Steel to to now, it's made more money than uh, all the you know Superman movies, Man of Steel, Batman vs Superman, Justice League, Suicide Squad. Uh, it, it, fucking more than Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman only made uh, 822.3 million dollars, and that movie was huge. Aquaman mm. made 1.1 billion dollars. The only movie that came close to it in there was Joker, which made uh, a billion, a little over a billion dollars. Yeah, <laughs> Aquaman has been the biggest financial success for DC, but it's not good. So after <laughs> it's not. But here's the thing about James Wan: other than Dead Silence and Death Sentence, which are kind of just like you know other movies he kind of made in between. Yeah. Anything this guy touches turns to gold. This guy knows what he's doing. This guy isn't a bad filmmaker. And and also you watch movies, especially like the the Warrens and the Conjuring, or uh, he just, knows what that major audience wants. What's well, not even the major audience? He's he's actually just a very good. He does know what the audience. I mean, he does know he knows how to play to the audience, but he also just does what he wants and can make effective thing that starts a trend. Usually the trend doesn't start until yeah. after he puts a thing yeah, I'll give you out, that. okay? Oh, God, let's hope there's not a bunch of people like, check out my Diallo. I'm like, <laughs> no! It's, it's already happening because fucking... Uh, but, he, okay, here's the thing about it. It's already happening, first of all, because Edgar Wright's new movie is also a ter- take on the Giallo. Um, oh. Yeah. Really? Well, yeah. it's Edgar Wright, though, so yeah. I'm not worried but, about um, it. Uh, so knowing all that and seeing things like Conjuring Insidious, saw he knows how to work with actors. He can get good performances out of actors. So whenever Malignant starts, <laughs> I was, I I'm watching it, was... it. I go, "Why is everybody so bad at acting yeah, in this movie? It is horrible acting." It, it, here, uh, this is the only thing I'll say about the plot. I'm not going to ruin anything about the story or anything. When the movie starts at the very, very beginning, this is the very first thing that happens. It's like a VHS gets put in. There's like VHS static. Um, you so already i'm like okay where's this going you're in a mental asylum and all kinds of shit's going crazy mental asylum everybody's overacting all this crazy shit's happening and i think because of that i was like oh my god 
there, it starts in 1993. So I'm thinking that whoever main character is, that this character and their family is watching a VHS movie. <laughs> they're, they're, I think it's a movie within the movie. I think it's a fake film within the film. I'm like, why are they overacting? What is, what is all this? And then from there out, though, everybody's like bad acting, all this shit, whatever, right? For the rest of the film. And then I realized that James Wan made an 80s or 90s genre film on a major budget. That he did all this on purpose. That this is, that Malignant is all tongue in cheek, okay? If this movie, if we watch Malignant, just stay, same story structure, everything happens the same, right? But let's say it came out in the 80s or 90s. And let's say it was me and you watching, bad movie watching like we do on Saturday or Friday or whatever, you know, and it had a budget of way, way less, right? Mm. And we watched a film just as is on a lesser budget made in the 80s or 90s, we would lose our fucking minds. Yeah. We would fucking lose our minds. But the only reason why I don't think that you're as into it is because you're taking it as a James Wan now film instead of James Wan doing a 80s, 90s bad film. I guess, like, I, I get it, but at the same time, it's like, I like it to naturally be bad. Like, not like your goal is to make it bad. I want it to be, you're really trying to make a good movie, and you just can't do it. <laughs> well, but I think that's, I think he captures that fill. I didn't get it because because usually when people try to make the bad movie, it usually, maybe I'll rewatch it. It with usually that feels mindset. like it usually feels like these eighties on HBO. Uh, yeah, I think it's last week. It usually okay. feels like the um, the last. Uh, it usually feels like these eighties throwback films, like fucking uh, um, I don't know, like Wolf Cop or something like that. You know, like movies that that are meant to be like cheesy and meant to feel kind of bad or Velocity whatever. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. And those are just, they just turn out to be not great. But this is like one that is a throwback to so many genre films. I mean, there, there, there's, there's a movie that this is basically a remake of story-wise. I'm not going to say what it is. I'll tell you afterwards. This movie is identical to... Does it start with a P? It starts with a B. Hmm. Okay, because I had another movie in mind that reminded me of it. No, this is plot-wise exactly like an 80s cheese film but this is i mean there's argento in here there's De Palma in here there's cronenberg in here there's a shit little fulci in here and it's a movie that there's a lot of things that aren't explained it's complete schlock and i can understand why the regular modern horror fan that just watches horror movies as they kind of come out and has doesn't have a history with horror films may just think it's a bad movie but somebody that that is into the genre and has a history with genre films and has seen a good amount in the catalog of 80s and 90s Shit, of, 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 of genre films from the 70s and 80s and 90s, especially exploitation, especially movies that came from Italy, especially 42nd Street Grindhouse Cinema, hmm. wouldn't get that the whole movie is made with a giant wink. Like it's all very tongue in cheek. Because there's no way anybody that's as confident of a filmmaker as James Wall make the last 30 minutes of that movie and see him be like, that's, yep, I, I seriously mean this. Take this seriously. Like, all that, it's so clearly made as, like, this is schlock. I made big budget schlock, and that's amazing to me. 
and it's just as bad as from Schlock that perspective is. It, it does make it a little better but again i'm like i didn't i guess i didn't i didn't i don't feel the same way when i watched Schlock and then i watched malignant i don't feel the same way about it and like I, i'm just like i and and don't get me wrong i really love the concept mm-hmm. of malignant i thought it was very creative yeah and i thought it was a very like kind of oh i know what movie you're talking about <laughs> it took me a minute but um yeah um but but it was a very creative take on the idea and i liked that and uh but like i said it it doesn't feel like schlock to me and that's why i love schlock is because it feels like schlock yeah like this, oh, this to me, feels like schlock to me i don't know to me it just Dude, the feels last, like one the of last those 30 thrones. minutes is total schlock oh no i know <laughs> i get that i, I mean it I, I, the last 30 minutes is terrible but <laughs> purposefully so but yeah, it's the best and, part like where it started my, my my jaw was literally agape because <laughs> i i figured out where it was going but but how far he leaned into it. He leaned into it like Fulci would. Or he leaned in it, into it like Sergio Martino would. He leaned into it like a genre director would lean into it. Why we would love any of these older films. I mean, yeah. No, I, I totally see your point. I'm just saying, like, personally, I didn't feel it. Yeah. I, I didn't feel it until afterwards. And, and kind of sitting with it. And then maybe I'll sit on it with this concept and maybe I'll and then reading other critiques it. of it and everything like that. And then once I did that and thought back to everything, I'm like, oh, he made a big budget, low, uh, like a big budget bottom shelf VHS rental. Like this one been one of the movies that have been on the bottom shelf in the horror section that they're hoping you're just going to pass by. <laughs> you know, this is this is kind of a love letter to that. Um, but I think that because of who it is and who put it out and that it is a big movie that everybody's taking it more seriously than it's meant to be taken. So we're looking at it as just a bad horror movie that's coming out in a sea of, you know, Blumhouse cheap films and all that stuff. And we're looking at it on that level instead of being a love letter and a kind of tongue in cheek wink to genre cinema. Cause there's way too many genre cinema references in this movie even maniac cop 2 references are in it like there's a lot of maniac cop 2 in in, in the last part of it. there's a lot those. of cronenberg cronenberg in it there's a lot of De palma and argento nods in it i mean it's it's all very purposefully done and and i think because of that do i think it's a great film no i i think it's amazing though that that it got made and and they got away with it and i i, I get what he was doing and i respect it um and I think for that last 30 minutes alone, I think it makes it all worth it because it is so fucking schlock. It's the schlockiest thing ever. But um, that's why we chose The Beyond. It's because The Beyond, if Fulci... <laughs> Fulci's known for making movies that the plot and a lot of things don't make fucking sense. But it's very schlocky. And oh, yeah. It's, I mean, it, it, House it by the Cemetery the will forever be one of my favorite Yes, movies. that's one of your favorites. But um, And I like how we're both wearing Fulci t-shirts mm-hmm. today. <laughs> We are, uh, because we, of course, we have to. Um, it's in our contracts. Um, oh, I forgot. I had to get those notarized. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, uh, Lucio Fulci, 1981. Yeah, 1981. Uh, directed Beyond. It was the second in the Gates of Hell trilogy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but let's rewind a little bit, and let's talk about who Lucio Fulci is first. Uh who isn't? 
<laughs> yes. Lucio Fulci is an Italian director. Um, I think he was born in Rome. Uh, and he is a genre director. Here, here's the thing that people in the know may not know um, when it comes to Italian horror. There's a lot of Italian horror and a lot of Italian horror films that are very popular. But a lot of directors that direct Italian horror aren't horror directors. And Lucio Fulci is one of them. Argento is actually, Dario Argento is actually one of the few exceptions to the rule where his whole career was horror or right. giallo, yeah. right? Most Italian directors are genre directors at this time, okay? They were hired to do horror films, spaghetti westerns, macaroni war films, Palazzo Tecci, which is Italian crime films, cannibal films, post-apocalyptic films. They did all kinds of genre movies. And Lucio Fulci is one of them. I mean, Lucio Fulci, Mario Bava, Enzo G. Casolari, Umberto Lenzi, Sergio Martino, uh, Ruggiero Diodato, all these guys that made really famous horror movies that are in the zeitgeist were genre directors. If you look at their filmography, they made 30, 40 films, and they were all in different genres. But, but their horror stands out so much because normally... They were either excessively violent, nonsensical, or trippy. That they're memorable, yeah. um, or, or they're just really good giallos, which are completely weird on their own. Or gialli. Um, Lucio Fulci. Gelatos. <laughs> Lucio Fulci directed a lot of films, but he's known for his horror movies. He's known mm-hmm. for having little plot and a lot, a lot of gore. <laughs> He is, he is the he is the godfather <laughs> of gore. And to not be very easy to work with. <laughs> he, is, he was infamously difficult to work with. Um, he uh, uh, is became known under the moniker, moniker <laughs> of Godfather of Gore uh, because of how excessively violent all of his movies are. Uh, he's probably best known for his film Zombie. Yeah, which was a continue, well... In Italy, there wasn't it considered like a continuation of Dawn of the Dead because it was came out originally as like Zombie Three. In, right? in Italy, no, okay, so in Italy it was released um, or Zombie Two. It was Night yes. of the Living Dead. It followed, not Dawn of the Dead. No, no, it was Dawn Dead. It was Dawn. So in Italy, okay. Dawn of the Dead, George Romero's Dawn of the Dead in Italy is called Zombie Z O M B I. Okay, Lucio Fulci's film Zombie. In America, it was released Z-O-M-B-I-E, like we spell zombie. Right. But in Italy, it was released as zombie, Z-O-M-B-I-2, zombie 2, and it was supposed to be a continuation of Dawn of the Dead. Right, that's what I thought. Okay. Uh, but we got just regular zombie, and that, that movie's great. We, we, we'll probably talk about it in a different episode. Um, you get a zombie fighting a shark in one scene. There, there, there's, there's you a, can't beat it. There's a great eye impalement scene. Oh, my God. I was just going to say that when he <laughs> uses the door piece to stab her in the eye. Yes. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> and that's something about Italians, and definitely in this movie we're going to be talking about, Italians love their eye gouging. Oh, man. <laughs> they love they eye injuries. Oh, man. And yeah, Beyond <laughs> has a great one right off the bat. <laughs> it does. It's, it's got a couple good ones in there. Um, but yeah, Lucio Fulci um, is known for Zombie. Um, that, that's like his well-known big film, especially just, just the cover art alone of Zombie. People see that image and they know what it is. Um, but... He did a trilogy of films. I don't think originally they were supposed to be a trilogy, but there were three movies that had similarities that were all very, put together. Very slight similarities. Yes. And the, the two biggest similarities to all three is, of course, all directed by Lucio Fulci. And zombies are in them. And all three star Catherine McCall. 
Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah. Catherine McCall oh, okay. stars in all three of them. Um, she was in Gates of Hell. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, she, she's in all of them. Um, she's in all three of them. And they're all quote-unquote zombie films that are very Lovecraftian. They're actually more Lovecraftian demon movies than they are zombie movies. Or are they? I don't fucking know. They change. <laughs> Yeah, like as you watch the I movie, I mean, the Beyond leans into that more than any. Yes, of them. yes, but but we're going to be talking about the second movie. Uh, the, the The first one was City of the Living Dead, and then there was the Beyond, which we'll be talking about, and then the third film was House by the Cemetery, which is Blaze's favorite. But the Correct. Beyond is my favorite out, out of the three. Uh, I mean, I love it too, but not as much as House by the Cemetery. Yeah, House by the Cemetery. My my problem with House by the Cemetery is first of all, uh, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that is the worst dubbing. I this have ever terrible seen dubbing. Actually, actually, as a character, Bob really isn't that annoying. House by Cemetery is about a fan that moves into a house and a bunch of weird shit happens. But they have a child named Bob, and as as far as kid actors go, he's really not annoying. It's just the dubbing on him is so fucking bad. Yeah, and that's not the kid's fault. Yes, because uh, for for those who who don't know, is that Italian films, even if they're shot in English. Like if they weren't shot in, in they Italian, if they, shot in, they dub them. They dub them either way. They they dub them after the fact, no matter what. I, I don't think they still do that, but back in the seventies and eighties, and sixties and before that, that's what they did. You would release the movie and you would dub over it anyways. Um, but the Beyond. Uh, do you want to say what the Beyond's about, or you want me to explain it? Uh, do you have it written down? Like I can give a brief explanation. Like uh, no, kind of no I was just gonna go. Okay. And go to the oh, well, it's about a. A woman who was a model slash actress who inherits a hotel from... Was it her uncle or grandfather? Uh, I think it's her grandfather. I'm not sure. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, while she's trying to remodel it and everything like that, uh, she ends up finding little mysterious objects around the house and then eventually finds out that this hotel is built on a gateway to hell. One of the seven gateways to hell. (laughs) I just yeah. said A. I didn't say yeah. V. <laughs> oh, I thought you said AIDS. Oh. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I got com- I got confused. Um, yes. Yeah, and her name is Liza. Yep. And, uh, yeah, she 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 um, inherits a haunted hotel in Louisiana, which, uh, funny enough, uh, this is actually an Italian movie that was shot on location. It was not shot in Italy, which is pretty normal for Italian films. Um they actually came over to the States to shoot in Louisiana, which is probably smart because if they try to pass off any part of Italy for Louisiana... That ain't going to work. <laughs> you wouldn't believe it for a fucking second. Um, like, oh, that's weird. I don't remember these really nice castle buildings. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. Um, so uh, uh, this movie, because of that, it is <clears throat> technically a Southern Gothic. So it's part Southern Gothic. It's part haunted house story. It's part zombie story. It's part ghost Dem- story. <laughs> part demonic Lovecraftian story. Yeah, part Lovecraftian story and part demon story. And part Gialli, kind of. Kind of. I would give that a strict kind of. Yes. Uh, just just in some of the kill type imagery. It has a little bit of G- Giallo DNA in it. Yeah, I will say I totally forgot about the tarantula kill where but I did too until it happened. And that's like the and most ripped him scene. apart. I'm yes. like, what the hell? Like, okay, so, um, all right. So this movie has. I wrote down some of the kill scenes. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, I, 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 I wrote down. 
do you have the eye gouge? That's my favorite. The Which pr- one? <laughs> the plumber's eye gouge. Yes. Okay. Uh, okay. So I'm, I'm, I'm just give brief, brief uh, descriptions of which what each one is. So starts out right within like three minutes of the movie starting. There is a torture scene. There's a crucifixion, chain whipping, face melting. Yep. Torture scene. And he has that, like, cottage cheesy-looking blood, which always... Ugh, it it lasts for fucking ever. And it also, that scene is, is like, done in, like, a grainy, like, black and white kind of... I don't think it's, it's black, black it's, and it's, like, white. It's, like, tan, no, tan and black. Like, it's I don't know uh, what that, sepia. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like a sepia tone. Yeah. Um, so, and I think they did that so they wouldn't get a complete NC-17 rating. Which right. we should mention that this movie, I'll come back to this, wasn't... Like, the uncut version of this film wasn't available for, like, 20 years. In America. Uh, so there's that. There's the eye gouging kill. These are all kills. Eye gouging, acid face melting, dog attack, ate by spiders, now through the back of the head that goes through an eye, <laughs> uh, death by shattered glass. And then, and near the last part, just a lot of squibs from gunshots, including an amazing head explosion gunshot. Oh, yeah. That and... Uh... Did you uh, did you say the part where he sh- there's a part where he shoots the window out and the glass yeah, just yeah, that, that's somehow a, that, that's rains a shattered back. glass. Yeah. Oh, that's a shattered yeah, glass. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I don't get how that works. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't, I don't get how any of this works. Yeah. But um, I don't. The, the the physics don't matter. The story doesn't matter. <laughs> These kills are very memorable. Oh, <laughs> every yeah. every kill is is uh, very distinct. Um, that's what you're here for. The story makes. <laughs> No sense at all. You're there for the spectacle. And that's what Lucio Fulci movies are. And in City of the Living Dead, there, there's barely a plot. And there's a priest that, that hung himself at some point in time that's now haunting the characters in that film. And at one scene, he haunts a person to throwing up their intestines. <laughs> and it lasts for fucking ever. <laughs> yep. It is a really long intestine throw. Yes. But it is badass. It's pretty cool. Um... But in this film, uh, oh, or Bob, or not? Is it Bob who gets his head no, drilled Bob. through? What's his name? Uh, in in which one? Gates of Hell. Uh, no, it's not Bob, is it? I thought his name was the the guy his who the dad thought his daughter was dating or something. Yeah, yeah. And he no. drills his head through. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it's Bob. Maybe. Like, how the hell did he get away with that? <laughs> like, yeah. Um, this movie was uh. Uh, release. I think I think it was just called the Seven Gates of Hell um, in America for a long time. Really. And yeah. then twenty years later, um, Grindhouse releasing. Who, who put out this beautiful Blu-ray of it? Um, about ninety eight, ninety nine. They teamed up with at the time Quentin Tarantino had a uh, uh, a DVD releasing company called uh, Rolling Thunder. And they teamed up and they found the original cut of the film and released it to America. Um, by, by having some screenings around America. And uh, that was the first time the Americans saw the film uncut. And the reception was definitely, <laughs> what is this? <laughs> As with any Fulci film that, uh, that comes out. Uh, for, because for the 20 years before that, um, that, you could not find this movie with all the violence in it. It was, it was it, which is excessive. This movie is, is, is super, super bloody, super gory. Um, and, and really it makes up for the plot being a little thin, um, little, a little, so, um, I, I really can tell you 
there, there's no character development at all. Um, Liza inherits his house. I will say she really hates the people that came with the house. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> this is true. I, it, it all ties into the movie opens in the 20s and uh, this painter named Schweik, who people thought, why, why do they kill him? Because they think he's an occultist. Yeah. Is that what happens? Yeah. yeah. They think he's a, can I uh, throw a, What did you say? Was it Seven Gates of Hell? Uh, no, it's Seven Doors seven of Death. Seven Doors Death. Yeah, Seven Doors seven of Death. Seven Doors of Death. I'm sorry. I was just looking up like timelines and stuff, and I saw that, and I just wanted to clarify. Yeah, Seven, seven Doors, Doors of Death. Death. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what's released in America for uh, 20 years. Yes. Uh, but uh, the uh, a posse comes into the hotel, and they, they go to the room that Schweik is staying in, which is room 36. And they crucify him and whip him with chains and melt his face with tar. Yeah. And uh, uh, and then we fast forward to 1981 or the present day for the time of the movie. And um, yeah, she 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 inherits she inherits the house or the this house is a hotel. But weird things are happening from room 36, and she meets a strange blind woman about town. Emily. Named Emily, who has a seeing eye dog named Dickie. Oh, yeah, Dickie. Yeah. And she's very strange, and she likes to play one of the themes on her piano (laughs) all the time. Yeah, and she ends up in strange places, and then you find out that she says she lives in the little cabin by the train tracks, but then... You find out there is nobody living by the train track. Nobody's lived there for 50 years. And I know, because I know everybody lives in this part of New Orleans. Says Dr. Man. Says Dr. Man, which is our secondary protagonist. So there's Liza, and she meets a doctor, handsome Dr. Man, played by by David Warbeck. And uh, it's Dr. John. Dr. John McCabe. Um, that's right mccabe yes um and and they team up and they're like well something weird's going on in this town for sure and is it what is it i don't know this hotel for some reason has been built on this gate of hell forever and only recently weird shit starts happening and it seems because there's a resurrected zombie form of schweike that was buried in in the basement under some water yeah, and uh, well, I guess it would. I guess the whole point is that when they went into the basement, it started over. <laughs> like, I guess. I guess. I, so there's I, a plumbing issue. The, 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 the hotel's a fixer upper. The hotel's a fixer upper. So she has guys working on the hotel, like repainting it and fixing it back up so it can be functional again. But the basement of the hotel is completely flooded. It's got more than a plumbing problem. Like, it's it's. It's flooded. It looks like a fucking sewer. <laughs> it looks yeah. terrible. Yeah. Which later on you find out maybe a sewer? I don't know. Um, I mean, it looks like a, a giant sewer. Yes. Uh, I mean, it connects to the hospital somehow. So she has a, she has a plumber come up uh, come there to fix a problem named Joe. Old Joe the plumber. Yeah. and Poor Joe. <laughs> and, and, and he gets his eye gouged out. I a mean, pretty graphic is, eye gouging oh, scene. Like the thumb pressing in and the eyeball going to the side. Yes. <laughs> yeah. The thumb goes into the sock and pushes the fucking eyeball. If you're squeamish at all, you may not want to watch this movie. Even though the blood doesn't look super realistic, the effects are actually pretty great for 1981. Oh, yeah. For and, sure. Um, so, if, yeah, if you're squeamish, probably 
give it a pass. Yeah, it's just like it's not like hostile levels of realism. Or Green Inferno. Or Green Inferno or, or something like that, which, you know, Eli Roth is... is uh, Eli Roth says every time he shoots a death scene or a violent scene that him and the crew do a little prayer to Lucio Fulci. <laughs> uh, so that's oh, yeah, pretty he did funny. Say that. Yeah, mm-hmm. they do a little like, Lucio Fulci be with us as we're shooting this uh, <laughs> shooting this little scene. And then um, his ghost screams at them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because he was... Starts assaulting them. <laughs> <laughs> which Lucio Fulci is in this movie briefly. With a terrible dub over him. Oh yeah, he is. He's a he's a librarian. Um, right, right at the spider scene. Yep. He's right a librarian the spider, that lets the, uh, the contractor in to look at the layout. He, he's trying to look at the layout of the house. Correct. Yeah. So he has to go to the library to get the blueprints. Where he finds out there's many more rooms. Than yes. Found. Yes. Yeah. It's way bigger. Um, and then he falls off a ladder, knocking himself out, and then out of nowhere, just tarantulas start just... eating him, not biting him. Eating him. They're like pulling, pulling off his, flesh. his nostrils off. <laughs> yeah, like, pulls his nose off and his parts of his lip. <laughs> it's it blows me away that as many times as I've watched that movie in the past, I forgot about that kill. <laughs> I think they had a I thought I read somewhere they had to shorten that scene up. <clears throat> they had to that scene was supposed to be longer. Um But uh Real quick, I forgot to mention the two people that wrote this. Well, three people wrote it. Um, Lucio Fulci wrote it with two others. He wrote it with um, Dardano Succhetti. Dardano uh, Succhetti wrote a lot of films with Fulci. He wrote all three of the uh, Gates of Hell films. Mm -hmm. He wrote, uh, I think he co-wrote Zombie with them, New York Ripper. Wow, Um, he really did do that. Yeah, I think he, uh, Don't Torture Duckling, I think he co-wrote that also. He did Don't Torture Baby Duckling? Yeah, that was a Fulci film. Yeah, I know that. Yeah, I'm I, I, saying I, think, I didn't know. I he, think Suchetti. I, I thought think he did that by himself. I thought Suchetti may. I may be wrong on that one, but he he co-wrote a bunch bunch of them with him. Um, and the other person was uh, uh, was uh, Giorgio Marzano, and uh, and uh, he co-wrote House by the Cemetery with them also. Uh, but but uh, the Donna Suchetti was definitely a constant. Frequent collaborator uh, of Lucio Fulci, um, and even with three writers, they didn't know what the fuck they were doing. I, I know that in the interview, Sacchetti uh, said when they did Zombie, they tried to make the zombies and Zombie comic bookish, so that people wouldn't take it as seriously or be as scared by it. But he said it had the opposite effect, and people were scared by Zombie. So he said when they did the Gates of Hell films. They're like, oh, they were gonna make the zombies scary, but they're barely fucking zombies. Yeah, there's zombies just... at in like the last 15, 20 minutes of this movie. Oh yeah, when they're in the the catacomb. Yeah, so the rest of it, I, you aren't sure if they're zombies, or if they're demons, or they're possessed corpses. Yeah, like you don't know. Then it turns into a pretty much a zombie movie near the end. Yep, but all the way up till then. It's yeah. It's kind of like uh, arm shrug. I don't know, but hey, look at her. She's thrown up her intestines. <laughs> this is sick. Oh, that's the Sea of Living Dead. But yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, I'm I mean, sorry. I mean the Beyond. Wait, what? I mean in the Beyond. Oh yeah, in this movie. Oh, the zombie film. You mean? Yeah. Wait, where are you? What? <laughs> I'm talking about the zombies at the end of this movie, not not City of the Living Dead. Oh, I thought that's what we were talking. No, about. No, no. Okay. No, no. We're we're, 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 still, we're still talking about the Beyond. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> um, I was just I was just referencing that, that yeah, what they that, said about making Dickie, zombies. Dicky fucks him up. <laughs> yes. Well. Okay. Dicky 
is a good old is a good boy. He's he's, he's is he? <laughs> until he becomes possessed. Um, yes, he uh, he's 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 a good German Shepherd, seeing eye dog, sweet boy. Um, and then I don't know. There's a scene whenever um, you find out Emily. I don't know what the fuck is Emily dead. I don't know. Emily, is she a ghost? Emily used to be somebody who was killed in the hotel. Yeah, but and she didn't want to go back. I have no idea in the first place how she got out of. Yeah, like, she said she doesn't want to be brought back. Yeah, because she gets attacked like, back, by the dead. Like back to hell, like back to a painting. Like yeah, <laughs> why would you come back and you're blind? Because I guess yeah, maybe the painting because the last shot in the film, but. There's another thing that happens also. I don't fucking know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't matter. Here's the thing. If somebody she's, knows, email She's us. alone in her house. And other than entertaining guests by having them come over and play part of the Fabio Fritzi score for them yeah. on her piano. Um, she just kind of sits around with her fucking dog. And that's what she does. And that's fine. Um, and then stands in the road, waits for people. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. She just walks down the middle of the fucking street. She's blind, I guess. I don't know. That's a terrible seeing eye dog. That dog is yeah. just walking in the middle of the street with her. What? Fuck you, Dicky. You fucking dick. <laughs> um, but uh, she's just sitting in her house one evening, and she hears the piano play the theme that she always plays. She, she goes, "Hey, only I play the music and break the fourth wall." And then she senses something. Oh no. There's a dead person in this room, but there's multiple dead people in the room all of a sudden. And Dicky goes and attacks him. And he's fucking, he's fucking Schweike up. <laughs> the, the, the zombie is Schweike up. And then he goes back to fucking Emily. And she's like, good dog. And he's like all like cut up. He's acting kind of weird. Yeah. And then he just bites her fucking throat Rips open. her throat out. Like it is nuts. With the greatest dog puppet. It looks like the dog puppet from Danger 5. It looks, seen that. it looks like if Lamb Chop was a dog. Yeah. <laughs> um, it is a terrible dog puppet. But it's, it's a pretty, it's a pretty good kill scene. Um, that's really all you can talk about this movie. Is it's kind of hard not to spoil this film because it's not the only thing you spoil are the deaths, and that's really why you're paying the price of admission, right? To talk about um, uh, this film is uh, uh, it, it's it's in the, in the career of Lucio Fulci. It's usually seen as some of his best work. Mm-hmm. People tend to say it is is the best of his three out of the Gates of Hell trilogy. Um, and they normally say it's the best one that he's ever made. Um, there's a lot of references to other movies in it. And there's some movies that it'll actually make a really good double feature with. But um, there's a lot of similarities between this film and uh, not City of the Living Dead, but City of the Dead, also known as Horror Hotel. Uh, which is in 1950, uh, 1960, I think it came out in 1960. It came out a year before Psycho, I think. Cause there's a oh, lot of no, similarities. it's older than that. Yeah. It came, it came because there's a lot of references between it and Psycho, um, including a, a twist near the middle of it. That's done almost exactly the same in Psycho, but house, uh, house, Jesus Christ, must say house by cemetery city of the dead. Or Horror Hotel did it first. Um, 
And this movie actually, uh, Lucha Fulci actually has a lot of visual cues and references and kind of plot um, structure things that are very similar to other films. Horror Hotel being one. A movie has a lot of similarities with... Um, 1961. Okay, 1961. Right on. Uh, did, did it come out after Psycho? Really? Did Psycho come out in 1960? It says release date, September 12th, 1961. I'll look up Psycho now. Okay. Um, the other film, it, it shares a lot of tissue with another Italian film, but make a great double feature. You want to watch a double feature with the Beyond. Yeah, Psycho was released first. Okay. Okay. Well, I, for some before. reason, I always thought that, that Horror also Hotel... Also in September, but the prior year. Okay. Right on. Okay. So I guess that Horror Hotel ripped off Psycho. <laughs> uh, I always thought it was reversed, but all right. That makes sense. Yeah, I was about to say, Psycho, I thought Psycho came in 1960. Um but uh, uh, instead of if you just watch the Gates of Hell trilogy back to back to back, a, a good double feature instead of a triple feature to do if you wanted would be to watch The Beyond and watch Dario Gento's Inferno. And Inferno has a lot of similarities to The Beyond. Uh, both are pretty nonsensical. <laughs> and uh, both take place in a haunted location with maybe reincarnation. Or maybe not, uh, with, with the Beyond definitely with 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 Inferno. Who knows? Yeah. But there's some there's some visual cues and nods to Inferno that Fulci purposely. Uh, I think I think Inferno came out a year before um, that Beyond nods to. Um, also, a lot of Lovecraftian stuff in this movie. There's a lot. Uh, all three of the Gates of Hell films. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, uh, I don't think they're spoiling anything, and pretty dour. <laughs> they're they're all three of them are pretty nihilistic um, in general. Uh, what? <laughs> yeah, they're all pretty nihilistic. They they all kind of deal with uh, uh, the supernatural or or something beyond that's almost beyond human comprehension, <laughs> and 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 story wise the same. Completely beyond comprehension, um, but you're there because the unknown is what's scary, and that, that's what's good about this movie is definitely the um, uh, the dream kind, dreamlike kind of quality of this whole film. The Beyond has a very dreamlike quality going through it, where it's very nightmarish. Not a lot of things make sense, but whenever a set piece happens and a big scene happens. The kills is what I mean. Yeah. That's, that's, it sticks out your mind more than anything. And that's what makes the uh, film memorable now 40 years down the road. I agree. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. But, uh, well, what do you have to say about the film? Here's the thing. I have this very strange love for the Italian horrors. Mm Mm-hmm. Especially Fulci and especially Argento and stuff like that, but um, which I think anyone into horror probably leans towards those two. Um, and the Gates of Hell series is just something about it just speaks to me with like how grim it is mm-hmm. and how like there's just it's no happy endings, right? And I appreciate that in a way. <laughs> sure, sure. All, all three uh, of them are pretty similar. House by the Cemetery, though, was the first one I watched, and it is the one that still sticks out the most to me personally. Mm-hmm. But the Beyond is definitely a close second. Yeah, sure. Uh, all, all three also have uh, another similarity between all three is each one has like a main monster, 
so in City of the Living Dead, it's that priest. And this one is Schwake. And in House by the Cemetery, it's uh, Dr. Freudstein, who's a zombie or a Frankenstein monster or, or a professor or a secret Nazi. Who knows? Yeah, <laughs> he's, he's, he, all, he's, he's all the above. I don't, all, but man, I don't think Fulci knew either. <laughs> I don't think Fulci knew either. <laughs> um, but that's another similarity they, they all have. Yeah, yeah. I mean, with the, those Italian films, for sure. It's, it's, it's about the violence and, and, and the set pieces and definitely the style. It's how everything is shot. It's how everything looks. It's the lighting. It's all very surreal. It's all very... Uh, uh, I don't know. It's all just... Very, very, um, you, you, it's very distinct. It's always very distinct. Um, but, uh, what else were you saying? Um, I mean, really just the, the fact that, you know, Italian horror has just got a jive all of its own. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, yeah, they came out trying to copy what was popular in the U.S. during the 80s and 70s and stuff like that, but they just kind of came up with their own thing that just, like, when you watch an Italian horror, it does not feel like you're watching, uh, like, it does, it, I never get confused. <laughs> sure. Well, well, I do, but I mean, I just, I just give up. Oh, no, I mean, I get confused at the plots. Yeah. What I'm saying is, is that I can always tell the difference between that and, like, a U.S. made, <laughs> like... Sure. Or an English made. Right, right. You can always tell so. when it's an Italian film. Yeah, you just know. And maybe it's the dubbing. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, even this movie, though it was shot in America, Louisiana, I mean, it looks like it was shot, like it looks like an Italian film still. <laughs> like they're still using the same type of cinematography and lighting and everything. Yeah. It, it still has this distinct look to it, uh, just in how it's shot and how it's kind of put together. For, uh, yeah, absolutely. And even the effects they use are completely different styles. Yeah, I mean, it was all very influential on directors years later, you know. I mean, oh, yeah, far past the time that. Yeah, I mean, it, like great painters, they're not really appreciated until lo long after. Of course, yeah. I mean, I mean, you can see all the similar tissue and influence that somebody like Tarantino or Eli Roth or Robert Rodriguez or those guys have. Um, Especially, especially violence in an Eli Roth or Tarantino film, where the the how the gore is used and how it looks and and how blood is is used in a scene looks. Like, you can watch any Fulci film or any Argento film and see like, oh okay, I see where you got your taste of violence. I see how you learn how to shoot. Oh, violence. for sure. Like you know when somebody's following that. And I think you can see like we were saying before, you can see a lot of that with Eli Roth. Mm -hmm. Like the way he does things is very similar to. <clears throat> Like, not the blood, but the way he goes about the kills and the way he uh, implements the effects are very similar to oh, yeah. a lot of the Fulchies. So, good job, Eli. Yeah, you did it. We're proud I mean, of you. I mean, come on the show. <laughs> <laughs> that'd be awesome. But. That, that would be amazing. But yeah, I, be awesome. <laughs> I mean, we need I, more than eighty people. <laughs> I'm, I'm generally, yeah, I know, and only thirteen people listening. What the fuck? Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, Eli, I help us. <laughs> I mean, with Eli Roth, you know, I mean, I like Eli Roth as a director a lot. Oh, a lot yeah. Of people don't. I, I, I just see him. He's just like, I mean, just like with Malignant. So people are like, Eli Roth, he makes bad movies. It's like, he's making genre films. He's making genre films. It's, it's, if you, you, 
if this came out in 1970 or 1980, like it would fit right in. Yeah. This we 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 go so easy. We go so easy on genre films from a certain time, but we're so hard whenever movies do genre now, and I think that's bullshit. <laughs> it is fucking bullshit. Um because, I can see your point there. Because yeah. I, I think that we're, we're so used to what movies are now that we're taking it as that instead of being like, oh, I want to make a movie like then. And those movies are fun. And I thought, that's why I like Malignant. <laughs> generally. Generally speaking, do I think it's a good movie? No, but I think it's purposefully bad. I think, I think it's one big Has he stated that? Chick. Yeah. He has? Yeah. Okay. Uh, and it's also it's, it's hard just not to. I, I want more interviews where he more blatantly says it. But I mean, it's, you clearly you do. There's there's no fucking way. <laughs> there's no, there's <laughs> no fucking out, he's way. Like, I was really trying no, hard. <laughs> no, no, I don't think so. Um, but yeah, that, that's why we want to compare it to the Beyond, or why why I want to talk about the Beyond is because this is genre cinema. This is what it is. We're gonna be talking a lot about genre cinema uh, as the show goes on. Um, oh, for sure. But this is definitely a prime example. It's hard to really talk about it unless you like you go and watch it because you don't want to spoil all the kills. And it's hard to describe a kill over over a microphone, you know, oh, audio. Yeah, like much. I can't describe it. You, I mean, like, we can take like, oh. our time, but yeah, you just you be like, oh, I guess I had bored. to be there. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> watch it. Definitely had to be there. Which is beyond. I mean, I think it's. Uh, I know it's still on Shutter. Um, I have this. I have this Grindhouse release the grindhouse releasing blu-ray of it which is awesome because it comes with the main feature and it comes with a shitload of special features oh wow but also um just like all the grindhouse releasing um editions it also comes with a cd of the score so it has the fabio frizzi score which we didn't talk about uh fabio frizzi did a lot of scores for lucio fulci and um, I love the score in the Beyond. Well, I mean, they 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 all have that one similar song in the whole trilogy. Yeah. The bim, 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 bim. yeah 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 for so sure his little Gates of Hell song. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and also it comes with a little uh, book with like a couple editorials in there. That's awesome. Just talking that's about really the film cool. that whatever film you buy, I'll be talking about. But that's like what every Grindhouse releasing kind of comes out with. All their movies are. No, I'm not going to say that. I was going to say, every one of the movies Grindhouse releasing puts out is worth watching. Because I, I, can't, I can't say that because of American Hippie in Israel. That movie's fucking awful. American Hippie in Israel is so fucking boring. And so goddamn slow. And I read the editorials afterwards that them being like, actually, this movie, this movie wasn't that bad. It's actually super interesting. It's not. It's not. <laughs> It is terrible. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Bob Morowski. If if you ever hear this, I'm sorry. I know that you curated that, and that's great. But that movie's not good. <laughs> American Hippie in Israel's bad. But everything else Grind House releasing one. puts out is um is good. They put out a few Fulci films. They put out this, they put out Cat in the Brain. And I think they put out one more. Maybe not. I don't know. They may have bird put, with the crystal plumage. No, that, that's our gen. Oh, that's our gen. Yeah. yeah, no, they they didn't put that out. Fucking uh, Arrow put that out last. Um, but yeah, uh, they they have a couple Fulci releases that are really good. Blue Underground has a great triple. Feature. Oh wait, Cat in the Brain. Yeah. Was no that came out there too. Yeah, I said that. Oh, you did say yeah. Cat in the Brain. Okay, yeah. I'm sorry. Um, I'm done. <laughs> Blue, Blue Underground put out a trilogy of uh. A full true trilogy you can find on Amazon for 20, 30 bucks or eBay. 
give it to a different seller, <laughs> Amazon, even though we're on Amazon. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, check us out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> please give us advertisements. Um, please help. Uh, but uh, it's, it's a, if you want a good introduction to Fulci, you can get that triple feature. I think it comes with City of Living Dead, um, New York Ripper, and House by the Cemetery. It comes with two parts of the fucking Gates of Hell trilogy. Except for the Beyond, but you get yeah. you get the other two. And that, you get yeah, New that's York Ripper. Correct. It is New York Ripper, House by the Cemetery, and City of Living Dead. And, yeah, which why? <laughs> why wouldn't you put the Beyond in that? Because I guess you didn't have the rights. Grindhouse releasing had the rights because they're the ones that re-released oh, in America. Okay. Well, I guess that makes they, sense. they've had the rights to that since '98. I still so. gotta get that movie back from Paige's parents. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they have your Fulci. They were not happy with New York Ripper. <laughs> yeah, nobody is. <laughs> <laughs> I got I got a New York Ripper puzzle right there. Yeah, 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 that is a sick <laughs> puzzle. The, yeah, uh, from messed up puzzles. But um, yeah, uh, what is what is Blaze Bob? <laughs> what does Blaze Bob give the Beyond? <laughs> Blaze Bob gives it. I would say a seven out of ten. I give it a uh, yeah. I give it a. I give it an eight out of ten. Eight out of ten. Yeah. Okay. I'll go with it. I was about to say seven and a half. I'm like, oh, I'll go eight out of ten just because uh, I, I do think it's his best made film. I mean, it looks great. It, lo- it just looks great, and it's it's not as nonsensical as the other two in the trilogy. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I was just waiting for you to reply. <laughs> I, was, I was like, come on, is it about the little girl? Is it about Freudstein? Is it about... <laughs> Were you trying to think of the plot? Yeah, I'm like, wait. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> uh, I still love it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I gotta give it an 8 out of 10. Um, I, I do say check it out. I don't know if it's on Amazon Prime also is what I was going to say. I know it's on Shutter. You can watch it there. You get the Blu-ray. Uh, you, it's probably on Amazon Prime. I, hold on. Let me, let me look it up. Uh, the Blu-ray of The Beyond? No, no, where you can stream it. Oh, it is definitely on Shutter. Well, no, I know it's on Shutter for sure, uh, but I, I don't know if there's anywhere else you can you can watch it because instead of using my Blu-ray, I just popped on Shutter. Um, oh, you can watch it for free on Tubi. And, hell yeah, Tubi in for the save again. Yeah, you're gonna be watching it with commercials, but you can watch it for free on Tubi. Um, it says it's on Amazon Prime with a premium subscription, but you probably have to have a subscription to Shutter anyways to watch it. Yeah, because that's, that's what Amazon does. So Shutter, Tubi, or get the Blu-ray. Um, is just, it worth a watch? I think it is. You know, if you if you don't trust us, just do Tubi. Yeah, They're, it's free. Yeah, you can w- finish Suburban Sasquatch afterwards. Yeah, watch <laughs> Suburban Sasquatch. Yeah, fuck the Beyond. Just watch Suburban just Sasquatch. Watch Sasquatch. <laughs> and then and then never listen to us ever never, again never if you listen. watch it. <laughs> You'll be so upset. All right. Well, you ready for uh, our next segment? Yep. Okay. Well, that brings us to another curation into Blaze's Cabinet of Video Game Curiosities. So what are we putting on? A uh, pulling, pulling, not putting on. Pulling off the shelf today. Pulling into. Yes. What what uh, games did you uh, bring today? Well, got another two set of indie games for you. All right. Um, Shocker. Yeah, I know. They're just so easy to find. Yeah. And so affordable. And people don't talk about them enough. And people don't talk about them enough. Because good lord, if I just talked about Dead Space, like. <laughs> 
Um, Which are uh, remastering finally. Yeah, I, I know. Do a remaster of yeah, uh, they're Wings. going to be. I'm very excited about yeah. that. But moving on, uh, the first one, uh, the second one's going to be an honorable mention because it is so short. But the first one is a game called Unloved. Uh, I'm gonna bring up the. I have it somewhere. I had the. I had it on here. It's called the, Unloved. Unloved. I know it sounds very silly, but uh, it just sounds like my life. Oh, I love you. Fuck you. <laughs> uh, so it's published by uh, somebody named Paul Schneider, and the developers are listed as Blue Eagle Productions. I tried to look into them to really see what else I could find, but there wasn't a ton. But I, it has something to do with Doom Two. So, um, but the idea of this was to make like a Doom-like game. Uh, and use the Unreal Engine uh, in an indie game. So it's it, the story is not so you know clear or anything like that, but it is a uh, intense uh, multiplayer game to play, and you can play alone too, and it's great. Uh, you just start off out with this guy who wears a vest and sunglasses, and he's ready to just run around the room, find as many fucking guns as he can, and just go blasting demon clowns and different kinds of demons and zombies. And some of the designs of these zombies are incredible. Like, some are these very, uh, uh, like, morbidly obese, like, creatures that have no heads, and it's just, like, this sucking point with teeth in it that they attack, and... Then you have, like, an eight-foot clown that runs around with a hammer that attacks you. But they're all, like, undead demonic. Okay. And you find the sigils around the place, and you have to... Um, I thought you just accidentally went to a carnival and just, like, fuck it. No, no, no. <laughs> we'll kill some clowns. But um, And you get different settings you can pick. You can pick a hospital, or you can pick a town, or you can pick, uh, like, a dungeon... And you and your friends can hop on and just... It, it's very... It, you know what it reminds me of, kind of? is Left for Dead. Oh. So, and how can you not love that? <laughs> Easily. Really? Yeah. Oh, I love Left for Dead. I used to, but then I played it for more than two hours. <laughs> what about Left for Dead 2? I didn't play Left for Dead 2. Left for Dead 2 is better. Oh. Uh, it's great. But, um... So, it's very Doom-like and very Left for Dead-like, and it's two dollars and 49 cents to get nice yeah and it is incredible and it uh, the first person yes okay and the maps are generated differently every time you play all right so every time you play it's like a completely different setup of rooms and everything like that and to open different pathways you have to go around and find these things called blood crests and there are these different kinds of sigils that you have to shove into the door which is probably going to be surrounded by a bunch of things trying to kill you right so um but the aesthetic itself is, is very uh, uh, creepy. And, uh, you know, like I said, the character design's amazing. And the, pl- the gameplay is very fluent. So, I mean, I, uh, so many games use the Unreal Engine. Mm. But uh, to do... So many, that's unreal. It is unreal. <laughs> it's unreal how many do it. But um, it is a really fun time. It, it was so good when I played it by myself that I went and bought it for our friend Chris today. <laughs> I was just like, play this with me. And he was like, all right. And then we, I played it all morning before I came over here so I could talk about it more. <laughs> right on. So, and uh, that is the first entry. There's not really a, a plot or a storyline. It's just you and your buddy getting attacked by demonic entities mm-hmm. and you trying to survive. Okay. So many different kinds of creatures and uh, 
It's a real fun time. Okay. Yep. What's the second one? So the second one... I'll give a fuck about honorable mentions. I'm going to ask any questions. It doesn't count. It's an honorable mention. Not worth my time. Get it out of here. Nobody know. play it. Who made it? This is made by a group called Kitty Horror Show. Okay. And it is a game called Anatomy. And it's been getting a bit of a buzz going on because it is, it is very different. And it's a very strange concept. But, okay. Is um, it body horror? No, it is Lame. not body horror. It is not body horror, and it is not like ghosts. It's not zombies. It's just this very constant feeling of dread. And it took me overnight to <laughs> like sit on it because I was like, I was very confused. What were you saying? I was just thinking, like, what does it just make you think that your computer's messing up? You're just dreading it. Yeah, well, a game oh, well, like, now oh, that no. you mention it, <laughs> oh boy, there is a part like so as you progress through the game, and um, the the you you immediately know what the plot is, but it, it's really the idea of the idea of a house itself being the thing that is haunted. Okay. Like, it's the memories and the different families and everything that has lived there and the things the house has seen. And it goes through the anatomy of a house and comparing it to what a person would be. And the further you go and the more you collect the tapes, the more it's like things are glitching in the house. Like, mirrors are jettisoning out of the wall instead of being on them or... Uh, black veins are coming around the house's walls and um, as you go the tapes get odder and odder and the person narrate the narration is so well done in this game like the voice acting is amazing but um, so you keep having it'll at first it'll be like you need to go to this room and grab the tape you need to go to this room and grab the tape it's very straightforward but then you just kind of have to start running around because things are starting to switch up on you and things are starting to change. And then all of a sudden the game will just close out on you. And you're <laughs> like, wait, it glitched. And it's like, Nope, you have to start there to continue the game. So you have to open it back up for it to continue. Okay. So, and it happens multiple times. I won't tell you how many times cause that'll ruin it. Mm-hmm. But, um, as you go, the house becomes more of a living entity and the tapes end up start being just these voices that are screaming. <laughs> just like horrible things. And um, eventually, uh, it kind of leaves you in this position to be like, am I playing a memory in the house? Am I playing the consciousness of the house? Am I a ghost in the house? What the hell am I? Mm-hmm. Like, Because you're just in the house. You're like, wait a minute. What am I? Like, I never even thought about that part of the game. So it, it is very much a, a, a lot of self-interpretation, but then there is the idea of the anatomy of a house being able to be the haunted entity itself. Okay. Which I think is very creative idea. Yeah, for sure. So um, in that one, uh, you cannot get on Steam. Oh, where do you get it on? This one is on a site called uh, uh, gonna... Itcho dot io it's called what itcho dot io okay ich dot uh i'm pulling it up now so i can spell it right 
So it is I-T-C-H. Oh, itch. Dot I-O. And uh. to get this exact game, instead of having to search for it, you can do kittyhorrorshow.itch. Oh, yeah, it's itch. I'm stupid. <laughs> I, I was like, wait, that's an acronym. But uh, <laughs> so it's kittyhorrorshow.itch.io, which is K-I-T-T-Y horror show. No, you know, you said, you said itch. I, I was just thinking in my head, I-C-H, I said itch, I-T-C-H. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I, I know. But yeah, so itch.io, and you will find this um, game. And uh, make sure when it closes out on you that you don't turn off the game. I mean that you open up the game because you're not going to finish it if you don't. <laughs> yeah, if, if it turns off, then just take it as your cue to just go outside and then just live with your regular existential dread. Yeah, <laughs> who needs more of that? Yeah, why the fuck am I going to play a game that makes me dread more? Yeah, well, I mean, it's interesting. It's right. A, it's a uh, and it's a quick game. You could beat it in an hour. Okay. So it's it's really that's why it was more of an honorable mention is because the more interesting part of it is like you know it it plays fine, but it's nothing like gameplay wise. It's nothing like out of the you know wild out of your mind kind of stuff. If, if we can if we can have a rewind real quick yeah. of uh, from the dark. From the darkness? Yeah. 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 So last weekend. Oh, yeah. Uh, I finally watched you play that game after we're done recording last episode. Correct. And um, let me see. How on the fuck? <laughs> how on the fuck is anybody supposed to figure out how to beat that game without a guide? Oh, my God. There so, how on like, the fuck? <laughs> it's like, oh, you see that little crinkle in that book? You have to aim directly at that. Yes. Even though there's a bunch of books in the house? Yes. That one. It's like, wait, I, what? I was basically just GPSing it next to you. I was just yeah, reading out I the directions to you. I wouldn't have been able to, to beat you. it without your help. That, that, that game is only like an hour long apparently hour and a half long whatever the fuck yeah yeah uh looks great uh, unless unless you play without a guide and then you'll be playing it forever <laughs> forever you will yeah, never, you will never beat the game um uh yeah so i give that game a zero <laughs> out of infinity <laughs> suck my dick <laughs> fuck you <laughs> No, uh, it, it it did look great. Yeah, it looks great. <laughs> so it gets a one out of infinity. Um, but we did. Uh, is that all you have to say about? Yeah, your games? I'm done with the game. You want to rate them at all or anything? Um, tell sure. me. Sure, check it out. And tell them checking out. Uh, <laughs> if you like uh, blasting shit away with really no reason, yeah. unloved is a eight out of ten. Okay. Um. If you want a story, it's a five out of ten. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, anatomy, I'm just gonna like, just creative wise, I'm gonna give it a seven. Okay. Like, because it's not like, it's not like the most fun game to play or anything like that. But it's very interesting, and I think the fact it's made by like one person, you know, that's that's a lot of credit. To yeah, that, that's super so, difficult to do. Yeah. All right. So, Kitty Horror Show. Cool. Thank you. Yeah. Um, make sure you spell everything right. Don't put it in Kitty Show. Yeah. No, <laughs> don't Google, do that. Don't put that in your Google search bar. You'll be put on list. Um, <laughs> but we do have a, a piece of mail today. Uh, we don't have a mail theme. Uh, uh, here's the mail. It never fails. <laughs> lawsuit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we'll end um, it there. It is from uh, an old, old friend of mine, uh, JT. And um, 
I'm prepping myself for this. Me, one. me and him had a uh, podcast before, a uh, movie review podcast. He's a good guy, I like JT. Uh, but JT Wright said, "What's up, guys? Loving the podcast so far. Heard some love for Eggers in an earlier episode. I was curious what y'all thought about the Lighthouse. Similar to you, I like the Witch, but I was personally overall disappointed with the Lighthouse. The cinematography was gorgeous. The black and white four three." Uh, aspect ratio was fun and i thought defoe and pattinson killed it but i found the story and plot pretty damn boring eggers is proving to be a bit slow paced for me even with the witch i really didn't get into it until the third act regardless the guy is undeniably a talented filmmaker and i'm keeping my eye on him wanted to hear your thoughts though love the show keep it up ya boy jt oh okay i was like really prepping for him to go hard on it and no. i was like i'm gonna kill him no no because uh, uh as we know i am a huge fan of the lighthouse yeah same here we're both we um, both are yeah that was my uh that was I my know, am i able to just say what it is like with like to there is a myth it is based on. Uh, no, just in case. Uh, I, I think the people can can. There, there's a particular Greek myth that it's inspired by, and it by the it. end of it. But it's not all about that. It's also well, it's multiple about ones. She sea shanty stories, particularly by uh, one author. I forgot her name. Yeah, I can't remember uh, her I'll name either. But uh, yeah, so the 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 end plot is is a Greek myth. Yeah, we'll say it in, that in, way. in and of itself. Go ahead and look it up, and it's amazing if you know it. Because I went in, and uh, I'm very into mythology and stuff like that, so I knew it as soon as I saw it. So that movie hit me really right in the right spot. Yeah. Um, and I loved the the silences they used. I loved the. I mean, Defoe just he blew my mind in that movie. Yeah, for sure. Like he, and same with Pattinson. Like he's a great actor. He really both of them are. Oh yeah, no, he's and, he's, he's one of those actors that um one of the few actors that successfully was able to launch a career uh as a serious actor after being part of one of these YA franchises. Yeah. For, so like yeah. Daniel, well, I mean Kristen Stewart. Kristen Stewart kinda. is. Yeah, which is funny because like she's pretty fucking wooden in in those films. It's, oh yeah you know but um in uh uh god damn i knew she i knew it was based off of um something so i was still looking that up um but yeah robert Pattinson was actually able both of them though robert Pattinson and kristen stewart uh both do really weird projects mm-hmm. the person like they do better than somebody let's say like daniel radcliffe <laughs> who daniel radcliffe seems to have a hard time getting out of it. well i mean spacing itself he's from done Harry some Potter. good ones like swiss army man though swiss army man or horns or is good but uh the woman in black woman in black yes yeah, a hammer horror film um yeah yeah uh, but it just doesn't seem like he has that but most of those movies they aren't major productions yeah things no. it seems like robert pants that robert pants is playing fucking batman no i totally no. i totally get where you're coming from and uh you know i'm just saying love goes out to I daniel radcliffe because find... i respect him uh, yeah i think he's a very good actor i can't find uh yeah. what that's okay we couldn't say it anyway <laughs> well it is um it does have a resemblance to edgar Allan poe's a lighthouse um and that like a 
Robert, Max Eggers, Robert Eggers' brother and writing partner, said um, is kind of contemporary take on the Poe story. But there, there's something in the ending credits where there's a specific author they say, but I can't remember what it is. I yeah, I just I have so much love for the lighthouse. Um, I, 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 I yeah, that was my favorite movie of 2019 uh, when I made my top ten. Not horror film list, but films of 2019. That was my number one. Yeah, it's. They say it's a horror, and there are some. There's unsettling parts, but it's not really. A it's not really horror. a horror. Um, but, but not not, not not like the witch. Like the witch is more horror than than lighthouse. Oh yeah, I agree with that. But both are both really aren't horror as much as they're just folk tales, and New England folk tales is that. Um, is this kind of like that argument that uh, our friend Chris, not Monkey, but Chris Siegler. Um, says that Guillermo del Toro has never made a horror film. That Guillermo del Toro only has only made fairy tales and dark fantasies. He's hasn't he's made movies that are horror influenced, but he hasn't made a horror film. That's fair. And I feel like that's the same thing with Robert Eggers. Is that Robert Eggers hasn't made a horror movie? The Witch is pretty damn close. Oh yeah, but but both are. If you you can also call both of them just New England folk tales, like they're old. Hon- honestly and the, the, the jt the thing about it going slow to i guess that's like just personal yeah I, I, I can i can completely understand because when i rewatch the witch or uh the lighthouse rather and whenever i watch it it, it is a slower paced movie there's it's, but it's, it doesn't bother me because there it's not like the, it's filler no no because everything like is so fluff. engaging it's in the film part to of me. it yeah yeah like so yeah does it it, it does it take a lot to jump off sure but it's not like a jump scare movie it's no it's not supposed to do that it's supposed to make you feel uh the uncomfort and the the disillusion yeah absolutely and uh so when i watch something like the lighthouse i don't expect it to be something where i'm like ah, 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 you yeah know? so it never feels slow to me because everything is not fluff it is an engaging part of the story that matters so yeah, I don't know. that's how I feel about I it. I feel every part is engaging visually and acting wise, and 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 just his ability to recreate a certain type of time, unlike other directors. Down, to it's the, very art house. Down, down. Oh, it's super. It's Jesus Christ. It's super art house. It's it's uh, here. Here's what I'll say. I mean, for that to finish that thought, like all the way down to the dialect in his movies, like he, there's so much eye to detail that I'm I feel like I'm fully engage in the world because he's so good at building every detail of the world right right like the witch here here's the difference look at the witch watch the witch and then watch fair street 19 uh 1666 whatever, whatever the third fair street movie was and see the difference between having actors that know how to speak in a particular dialect and know how to do their job to Fair Street Part 3 whenever the, all the actors suck, so they just fucking talk in really bad accents. Like, like you buy the world of the witch, you buy the world of the lighthouse because he knows how to direct it almost to, to a theater level. Yeah, and, um, and he did, I mean, he looked at the historical dialect. And yes, did absolutely. It exactly yes, so. yes. I mean, it, it, for your brain to work on that level is fucking crazy in his goddamn 30s. Um is he that young? Yeah. He's, oh he's like, I think he's in his late 30s. We're um, failures. Uh, well, no, totally we are. <laughs> we have this fucking podcast. <laughs> um, Please uh, blow this up. We um, need something. Um, but uh, 
I, I can understand pacing though, but but my different it, because I am so engaged in the world that I don't mind it being slow or the pacing being off because everything is so engaging visually and and how everything the atmosphere for his movies, how everything feels. I'm more engaged in a movie in the lighthouse than let's say Midsommar. Yeah, I agree. Okay, I I love Midsommar. You don't like it as much as I do. I don't think though. I I don't. But, I don't. I I li- I like Midsommar, yeah. but I I don't think it's as good as. I'm, t- I'm tired of hearing about fucking Midsommar. Yeah, that's like, a, that's my biggest problem. When people point, tell me they think it's better than Hereditary, I'm like, you're wrong. You're just wrong. No, I, I like Hereditary more than Midsommar. Um, fucking, I'm just tired of hearing about it because anytime you talk to somebody, for some reason now, anybody you talk to. About horror, they always bring a fucking Midsummer. I'm fucking tired of hearing about it. But yeah, I'm tired of hearing about I, it. I was, too. I, and it's not that it's bad. It's I, I find bad I find movie, something but. like Midsummer more indulgent, more overindulgent than something like The Lighthouse, right? Because Midsummer, I I can feel where it can be edited down. Oh yeah. In The Lighthouse, I don't feel like there's any part I would. I, I could see if you want to take out some of the, you know. Some of the scenes where they're just doing random tasks and everything, but I think that also builds up the monotony of what their life is on the island. While Midsommar, there's all this shit going on and 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 stuff, and then you get the director's cut, and it's almost four fucking hours long. It's like I don't need that shit. No, I don't need yeah, that, no, man. Like I'm not I'm not trying to sit. Sorry, there Ari. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I listen. I like Ari Aster. I'm excited that his next movie isn't a. Hor- I don't think it's a horror film. Just like Robert Eggers' next movie, The Northman. Yeah, based on Hamlet, which Hamlet is based off of. Uh, it's a revenge film. It's a Norwegian revenge film. It's going to be interesting because um, his films kind of have that kind of Shakespearean type feel to The Lighthouse and The Witch, especially yeah. like just having dialect and having a very, very much play so. kind of setting to it. Um, I love Robert Eggers. I do. I can I can see why people wouldn't like him. I don't think that you're missing anything. I think it's all comes down to taste. Yeah, I think it all comes down to what works as pacing or what makes sense to you in that in that sense. For me, that movie completely works on many levels. I adore that film, uh, both films. Uh, I think that he's just. I think Robert Eggers is an amazing, amazing director. I would kiss his feet. I'm, I'm excited that I, it looks like his fourth film will finally be that remake of Nosferatu that he was supposed to make for his second feature. And I'm. Ex- I don't know if I ever. Here's a little bit of trivia. I know I've told you before in private, uh, but uh, because we didn't have the podcast at the time. <laughs> but um, Robert Eggers talked about in an interview with Rue Morg how um, one of the projects he was trying to get greenlit that him and his brother were working on after The Witch, he was trying to get a whole bunch of projects for The Lighthouse was made. Um, and that's whenever he was trying to get Nosferatu. He thought that was going to be a second feature. And they got uh, The Lighthouse they got the offer. They got the green light to do the lighthouse first. So it's like, oh, well, might as well do this. And I'll push Nosferatu back. Even though I thought he was going to do that later on in his career. Um, a remake of Nosferatu. But the other project he was working on at that time was a TV miniseries about Rasputin. And that would be awesome. Yeah, that would be If amazing. he did a uh, Rasputin miniseries, it would be really cool. So, um yeah, I, I love everything he puts out, but uh, he he is he's a slow burn director for sure, and it it comes just with that A twenty four territory of just being slow burn horror movies. They're artsy. Yeah, they're, they're, they're all just, very they're, very artsy. They're all very indulgent. So if they're you're artsy. Not, if you're not into that kind of thing and you just want the boo, then don't watch them. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm into it. 
I'm into it. Oh, I love them. Um, most of the time. Sometimes I find some things they put out a little too pretentious. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, and in some ways, I I can see if somebody said Lighthouse was pretentious, I'm not, I I would understand. But uh, I, I I love it, and I think it's it's great, and it, it really makes you feel like you're losing your mind sometimes. Yeah, it really. <laughs> While watching does. that film, you feel you feel like you're losing it. So, great job, Robert. Yeah. Um, but that's how we feel. We 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 both love that movie. But uh, yeah, no. Um, the way it was prefaced, I thought I was gonna really have to shit on JT, but no, I, I see where he's coming from. Yeah, that's what we do. Yeah, if you send us a piece of mail, we don't like, we're just going to shit on you. shit on you. Yeah, fuck, <laughs> fuck you. No, no we're uh, kidding, please. Yeah, no, send us, send us letters. Uh, uh, for sure. Uh, if you guys have another opinion, want us to talk about a particular subject or anything, then yeah, send us a uh, an email to, to uh, bladeapplespod at gmail.com Um because we would love to have more letters or, or more more uh, requests of something to talk about. We're kind of just coming up with the episodes during the week at this moment. We'll come up with more of a schedule once we start going more. But um, uh, right now, I mean, th- thank you for the letter so much. It's, it's yeah. much appreciated, JT. It's, it's uh, good to hear from you. Um, but, yeah, I think, that's, uh, I think that's about it for this episode. What do you think? Oh, yeah. I, I mean, we've... Hit a little overtime, actually. Cool. Uh, yeah, we, we definitely packed this episode with... Uh, you got a little review from Malignant. You got a little overview about the Beyond. You got a couple of video games. They got a mail, mail in question where we talked a little bit about Robert Eggers. Um, so thank you for listening, guys. Um, like I said just a couple minutes ago, you can send us mail at uh, bladedapplespod at gmail.com. Send us uh, any questions. Send us a request. Uh, whatever. Um, we'll, we'll talk about it on the air. Um, thank you to Stefan Mize for doing our art. Uh, Stefan Mize of Ocala. Crawling Panther Tattoo out of Ocala. Um, awesome guy. Awesome tattoo artist. Look him up on Instagram. Uh, Blaze for doing all the editing. All this stuff on this episode again. Putting it all together. Um, making a great mix last episode sounded great this one's probably gonna sound like shit fuck you blaze just kidding you suck no (laughs) it's it uh it's sounding good it's it's all sounding really good uh and 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 where we guys uh we 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 hope you're enjoying uh the the show yeah we really do we're we're doing our best (laughs) yeah we're we're getting a few we got a little few more likes this week i still haven't made the facebook page i've been been a lazy bitch um so (laughs) i need to uh i need to get on that Make other things so you can reach us at the Instagram page at uh, Bladed Apples Pod, Bladed, Bladed Apples Podcast, um, and you can drop us a message there, or you can like stupid shit we put on the page. Um, and I put a lot of stupid shit on the page, so <laughs> yeah, our shit looks real dumb now. Yeah. So. Um, <laughs> We're but, morons. Uh, yeah, to be honest yeah, with you. Uh, it's not far off for me. Um, but yes. Uh, Thank you, though, for listening, guys. And thank you for, for the feedback. I've got a couple of calls and some people saying, no, you guys are doing good. I'm like, oh, we're trying to do better. I promise we're going to be better. And, and then uh, we do I the still, same thing. <laughs> every, every week I feel like we just suck. So, I mean, if, if it's entertaining you, if you like it, then then recommend it to a friend or, or leave, leave us a review. Even if it's one star, 
I don't know. <laughs> tell, no, tell, don't do tell that. By, tell, <laughs> don't yeah, leave the one star. Tell everybody how much you hate us. I don't give a fuck. No, no. you don't know how algorithms work. Don't leave a one star. <laughs> What's, I don't even know how to spell that. Um, <laughs> but no, seriously, if, if you guys do like it, then yeah, leave us a review or, or, or recommend it to a friend or repost it, whatever. I mean, uh, any any help is very much appreciated. Um, and also, if you have your own project, then drop it to us. We would love to hear it. You know, whether it's music or podcasts or YouTube channel, I don't give a fuck. Uh, yeah, well, what are you doing? Yeah, what, what are you doing? We, we, we would love any artistic endeavor that, that anybody's kind of doing right now or, or, or is proud of or wants to promote. Let's talk about it. So, uh, yeah, I think that's all for this episode. All right. Um, thank you guys for stopping by. And remember, every day is Halloween, not just this time of year. So act accordingly.